pick up at tonight. And, you know, Paul is still dealing with dysfunction in the church. I think the whole book of 1 Corinthians deals with fleshly-minded people, uh, division, sin, uh, and, and as we study this, you know, God has got a perfect design for everything. Amen? I mean, He's got a perfect design for uh, husband and wife. He's got a perfect design for a father's role in the house, a mother's role in the house. Uh, us as believers in the community, in the workplace, you know, God's got a design pattern for us to be. And that's what I love about the Apostle Paul. I think he had hung around Luke so long and Luke's mentality of Luke was a physician. He was a medical doctor during that time and, and, and Paul spent so much time in proximity with Luke and listened to Luke's uh, diagnoses. I'm, I'm, I'm about 100% sure. I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm 95% sure. Everywhere they went, if they were somebody sick come in the presence of Paul, they laid hands on them, they prayed for them. Luke would go a step further and him being a physician, if there was something that he was able to do medically, he would help. Uh, you know, that's how these people lived their life. You know, there's a lot of people ask, you know, how can I do more? How can I be involved more? You know, I, 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 there's a lot in my life I want to do. I want to be, you know. And, and this is how you do it. It's where you're placed. You know, what does that old saying say? Bloom where you planted. You know, and, and this is what Paul, as, as he's writing this letter, he spent 18 months roughly there in Corinth and, 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 and preached and preached and preached and preached and preached and preached and taught. And then Paul had to leave there and, and, and Apollos, which, you know, he was probably the most eloquent speaker in the New Testament. If you go back and look, it talks about, you know, Apollos and how God gifted him with eloquent speech. You know, for the next, from the time Paul left till he wrote this letter, Apollos had been there teaching and preaching and, and, and reiterating. And, and, and this is why there's, there's, there's problem there at the church in Corinth. Um, and, 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 and as Paul gets there in verse number one, he says, brethren, he says, I can't speak to you as being a spiritual. Now, now, understand, when, when, when the world talks of spiritual, it deals a lot with the occult, you know, devil worship, Wiccans, and, and, you know, they don't view spiritual as we view spiritual. You know, if we talk about a person being spiritual, it's somebody that's kicking on all eight cylinders and boy, the Holy Spirit's anointing them and they're really living a life according to the way God has called them and what God's called them to do. And, and, and we say, you know, that, that's a person that I want to mention. I would, I would love for them to be my mentor. <clears throat> That person has a lot of influence on my life. You know, we, we let people speak into us that, that we deem spiritual. That, that, you know, they got a close relationship with God. Paul's saying, look, you know, after 18 months of me being there with y'all and me preaching and, and, and laying a foundation, we'll get into that next week. But, you know, Paul didn't like to go, like, me being called here, I followed, who was the pastor here for me? Brother Tommy Blue? 
You know, Brother Tommy laid a foundation. No, Tommy didn't lay a foundation. Tommy was building on the foundation that was already laid. Gary Marsh built upon a foundation that had already been laid. You know, if you go back through all these preachers that, you know, it's, it's every one of us that's ever been a preacher at Goshen Valley Baptist Church, when you look at it from outside, we were laced together. You know, they, nobody here was followers of Brother Anderson or, or, or I, I can't remember all the preachers that have been here. And this is why Paul said it's so important. He's like, you know, you, you've got the philosophies of the world embedded in you. He said, I preach and I preach and I preach trying to get the, your, your pattern. I, I need to change the way you think. If I can change the way you think, then I can change the way you act. Amen? And Gwen said, Amen. <laughs> but you think about this right here. Paul's saying, look, when I was there with you early on, I preached and I preached and I preached and, and there was a foundation laid. Jesus Christ is the foundation. If you're building your relationship on anything but Jesus, what do you mean, preacher? If I'm, well, I got a tendency to listen to J. Vernon McGee, Bob Davis, Chuck Smith, John MacArthur. And if I'm putting my foundation on Bob Davis, or if I'm putting my foundation on J. Vernon McGee, or if my foundation is, 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 uh, 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 well, the last guy I see it. John MacArthur, if that's the foundation, guess what? That foundation will fail. When, when these men died, when J. Vernon McGee died, now his work continues on through the Bible bus. It's a great out, downloaded, free of charge. It, 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 it's a place for you. But these men are not wanting you to follow them. They want you to follow Jesus Christ. They want to explain to you the Word of God, how to apply it in your life. And you know what? The biggest problem today is that we don't know the Word. Because if you knew the Word... Most of us, if we know something's wrong, if you know what makes Gwen mad, are you deliberately, I'm picking on y'all now, I'm sorry, but are, you're not going intentionally, I'm trying to help you. I know I look dumb. Okay, I understand. I am not as dumb as I look, but I'm not going to intentionally do something that, that I know makes Tammy mad. Nobody, not intentional, not intentional. You better pay attention. I'm trying to help you right here. But when we get to the point where when we know God's Word and we don't want to offend God and we try to keep from doing what's wrong, we're becoming more mature. Paul's saying right here, and I thought, we'll try to get out of verse 1 tonight, okay? There's, there's, a, there's, a milk ex, there's a milk essence here and there's a meat essence here. You know... So many Christians in the church today have a super high deposit of calcium. Where do you get calcium from, y'all? You know what it does? It, it, it uh, over supply of calcium will make your very brittle bones. Makes it easy now. Why do people get their feelings hurt so bad in church today? And I'm trying to be nice. Is because we have a deficiency in our feelings. We, 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 when you let your emotions guide you, 
Amen. Paul's saying, look, I, I, I could not speak to you as a mature believer. He said, I'm still having to treat you like a baby. And you know the problem in most churches... Look, I'm preaching to the choir. Most problems in churches today is, you know, right now that's cute. Amen. They ain't nothing cuter. Come here. They ain't nothing cuter than this right here. I mean, this is just precious. You see all these babies running around in here? This, there's nothing more precious than this right here. Whew, I can't hold him that long. Come here, Lucas. Let me pick you up. But, but now when Lucas is acting like this, that ain't cute no more, is it? <laughs> so y'all see what I'm trying to teach you and to tell you is that when we're first born again, that is cute. A new believer is cute. But when somebody's been saved 20 years and they're still acting like... And Paul is saying, look, I'm having to treat you. You know, in the Sunday in and Sunday out and Wednesday in and Wednesday out, i got folks walk through the door and they sit there the whole time. Feed me. But they won't take a fork. You know, we've got meat and potatoes set out in front of us to eat healthy food that builds muscle and builds strength. But yet, we're expecting Terry and Norman to spoon feed us and the bottle feed us and we're expecting Jack and, you know, whoever Randy's teaching and, and, and this is a problem that Persists in church after church after church, and Paul addresses this and it's saying, I couldn't feed, I had to feed you with milk, verse 2, and not with meat. For way back when I first come to Corinth, even until now, you're not able to bear the solid food. And, and he says that we have got to get past, we got to, the thing about this is my position in Christ. It's based off of what Christ did. You know, but my function, position, and, and, and I'm trying to think of the other word, but when God looks at me, He sees the Son's blood. Amen. And every sin that I've ever committed or ever will commit was, when I put my faith in Jesus, my sins were placed under the blood. And I'll never pay the price for that sin. I'll never, if Jesus Christ took care of every bit of that. But if I'm acting today, after I've been saved since I was 12, if I'm still acting the same way I was when I first come to know Jesus Christ, there's something seriously wrong. And that's what Paul's saying. Y'all have not changed any. Now, I'm trying to eat my words. For you're carnal. Now how can you be a carnal Christian? Well, the Spirit is in control inevitably. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside you and that is there to dwell. And the Spirit is going to have its way. I mean, that's just like sometimes she has to pull Reg out kicking and screaming. She's in control. Inevitably, whoever, Maddie's watching, Lucas, Buck, or Gwen... He may pitch a fit and kick and scream, but inevitably they gonna do. He gonna do what they want him to. 
But is it after he done tore the whole house up and everybody's in there is in an uproar? And as we teach him how, no, don't touch that, it's hot, it'll burn you. See, that's the same way Paul said, you know, and, and, and tonight this may be some, somebody sitting there thinking, well, I should have stayed at home, he's just, this ain't deep enough for me. Well, I, if you'll run with this, and you'll let this come inside you, and let, you'll let this Word of God form you and shape you, and you get rid of your opinion and your philosophies and, and, and everything you do is based off of the Word of God, you're going to be able to help people around you because you work around carnal Christians. You may live with a carnal Christian. And at times it's like we flip-flop back and forth between being super spiritual and being super carnal. Paul says, here's three ways to tell if there's carnality in you. You want me to tell you how you're a carnal person? Because you're going to be jealous of other people. Then, 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 then you're going to envy the stuff other people have and you're going to be resentful of what other people have. And then you're going to be strife. I want you to understand this. There's going to be strife when you are trying to have things your way and you want to dominate and everything's got to be. And then all of a sudden a spot breaks out in the house. Well, if I ain't getting my way, well, you got to get past that. Yeah, you got to get past that, don't we? We got to grow up. Now you think about these things. Now we're watching these little ones learn how to walk. Amen. He's fine. He's uh, he's the good examples tonight. I want everybody's eyes to pay attention to this right here, because if Emmett acts the same way ten years from now as he does right now, Cody and Kristen ain't doing what they're supposed to. And you know what? Some of us have been acting the same way. For the last 10 years, last 20 years, last 30 years. Because we have not let the Holy Spirit come and take residence. He's in inside us, but we're not letting Him have control of us. And when you see envying in yourself, when you see strife, when you're ready to fight at the drop of a hat, now I know right now everybody's upset about gas prices. I mean, it's just got us tore up. And buddy, we'll jump in a heartbeat to get on the bandwagon to crucify them that's leading this country right now. But Peter and Paul, the Bible tells us explicitly and repeatedly to live peaceable. Now, we're going to be in this in Thessalonians chapter number 4. Y'all, need, um, y'all might have already read this. It says, at all times, live a quiet life. Be at, be at, be at peace. Do your job. Do what you've been called to do. And, and, and Paul's telling these folks right here, he's having to tell, he said, there's division among you. When you start seeing strife, envy, division, that shows how carnal we can be. How, how upsetting we can get at the things going on in the world. And yes, it is terrible. But if you look over at the Ukraine, how the people over there, they ought to be the ones upset. I mean, they've been bombed and there's been innocent civilians killed. We're just suffering the consequences of living. In the world is, is, is drawing your attention and the flesh is drawing your attention. Please understand, there's two things that, 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 is, that is starving you from being a mature Christian. The world has an external pull on you and the flesh has an internal pull on you. And when we feed the flesh or we feed the lust of the world too 
That's when we will not be walking the way God called us to. It says walk and you walk as men. Now this men represents lost people. So when Terry professes to be a Christian, but yet he's walking as the guy next door that's lost, how does the world ever see something different about the Savior that you profess to have? Well, if He saved you, what's He saved you from? Because you, and, and that's what Paul's saying. For one of you says, look, well, my doctrines, my opinions, I'm following Paul. And the other one says, well, I'm following Apollos. That creates strife and division. That's just like Republicans and Democrats. I'm probably fixing to get shot at it here. You see the strife that it causes in our country, in our world, that these two political parties cannot come together? They're all representing the United States of America, correct? Supposed to be. They're supposed to have the good of individuals, and they're trying, they, they should be doing Paul, Paul and Apollos was doing that. Paul says, look right here, and he says, he says, who then is Paul or who is Apollos? But we're bus boys. We are the servants in the house of God. We're ministers. You know, and that's what somebody says, oh, I'm minister so-and-so. I said, so you're a bus boy in the church. You know, everybody's called to be a minister. We're all ministers. Ministers are those that serve and wait tables and it brings meals and that cleans dishes up and it carries trash out and takes care of us. That's what ministers are supposed to do. They're caregivers. It says, but we are ministers of whom you believe even as the Lord Jesus Christ gave every man. Paul says, me and Apollos are nothing. To, to, to When you put your faith in what I'm teaching, instead of putting your faith in the Word of God, when you put your faith in what Terry or Norman or Jack's preaching, these are the things we're looking at. When we start following men, we create factions inside the church, and we cannot have factions in the house of God. There is but one God, there is one Spirit, and there is one Lord. Amen? Amen. And there is one body. And inside that body there is many... Members, there's many functions of the body. There's, there's many different there's fingers and organs. That, it's, but it's one body. Amen. Down the road here, that's one body. That if the ones that's been born again, we're one body working together. We shouldn't. Follow, we should be one body serving God. When we focus on Jesus Christ, when I told y'all the week, if it ain't about folks getting saved, it ain't important. When we lose the focus of the factions and who we follow and my way and the color and the, when we start focusing on Jesus Christ and what He's done for us and what He's doing through us and we put our focus back on Him, none of those trivial things matter. And Paul's saying, you've got to understand, I plant Terry Waters. Norman plants Jack Waters. Jack plants I water. But we work together. Because I can plant all day long, and if we never get no water, them seeds ain't coming up. But you know what? Inevitably, God is in control of the increase. Always. Your spirituality, your spirituality, yours, yours, yours. If you're not letting folks plant in you and let folks water you, you're not going to grow. Jesus... So neither, so then neither, he that planteth is anything, neither he that watereth. I ain't important, Terry ain't important, Norman ain't important, Jack ain't important, Randy ain't important, even though my teacher's dying, 
ain't important. God's important. Our job is to put the emphasis on Him, to show everything's about Him. And when we do that, when we put it on Him, we take it off us. And when we take it off us, what happens? Well, it don't matter anymore. I don't have an opinion. I, don't ask me what I think or what I want to do. I, all I want to do is see people get saved and people grow. And in the body as a believer, as a collective group, as we're moving, as the Spirit will start drawing people back in and start drawing. So it says, neither one, verse 7, so then neither of he that planteth or he that waters is anything, but God is the one that gives the increase. It says, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. When I come here, he was the Sunday school teacher and they voted me in to be the pastor. And then him's working in unison till this very day right here. If I needed help, he was there to help. If he needed help, I was there to help. Now we got Norman in the picture to help with Sunday school and I got Jack in here to help with preaching. And you see how we're one body. We're one. One's planting, one watered, but it's not about us. It's about y'all being watered and more planted, but God's continuing to do the increase. But you know what? He's going to receive a reward. Not for His productivity. He's not going to receive for your accomplishments. You're going to receive it for your efforts. See, that's what so many of us, we get so worried in the accomplishment. You know, when I first started preaching, I don't know how many was here. 20? Maybe. Maybe. And then we had 115 in that little building back there. I won't be rewarded off of the 115. I'm going to be rewarded off of the diligence of behind the scenes where I pray and when I study and the effort that I'm putting into whether there's 10 or 15 here or there's 100 here. It's the motive behind the actions that I do. And Paul's saying the one that waters, the one that plants, they're both going to receive their own reward. Now we're going to get into rewards next week. Fire. We're going to look at marble, granite, gold, silver, pearls, hay, stubble, and wood. But what I've got to get y'all to understand tonight is, is that when we all, if we all plant and nobody here to water, or if there's nobody here to plant and we just pour water out, we're wasting our time. So that's why we got to get back to the focus is that I'm, I don't care what I got to do, I'm going to do, I'll, if I need to be the water boy, guess what? Water is good. Some of you caught that. Some of you ain't never seen it. Uh, yeah, high quality. H2O. See, these are the things that we've got to understand. It don't matter how insignificant the world thinks what I'm doing is. It's the importance, the emphasis that God places on what I'm doing. And He called me whether, you know, when, when, when the disciples or the apostles were so consumed with studying to preach the Word and they kept getting bombarded with the problems it was of feeding the widows. You know, you had a faction starting to separate. I think the Jewish people were getting treated better than the, 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 the I don't know if it was, what the, it's in Acts, go read it. But there was another group, you may call them Gentiles, had been born again. 
But there was a big stir. And, and, and the apostle says, look, we've got to find seven godly men amongst us that's full of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to lay hands on them and we're going to ordain them as deacons and they're going to go out and they're going to carry the bread and the water and the milk and the meat. And they're going to distribute them out. It takes us that's willing to study to bring the Word. But then we've got to have a faithful group that's willing to go out and take care of the orphans and the widows. You know, we need to be worried not so much about inside here as we are out there. Verse number 9, we close. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Okay, translate that. Jesus is the vine. You understand this? Jesus Christ is the vine. And we are grafted into the vine. God is the one that does the trimming, the pruning. He takes the dead, the ones that's not producing, the ones that will be cut off. The ones that are producing, He's going to prune back that they produce more. Y'all, what we got to realize is that we are God's building. Jesus Christ was the foundation. And God has chose men since then to lay permanent blocks upon the foundation. I got tickled. Robert, how thick was that outside corner of the foundation? <laughs> Over two foot of concrete they had to cut through. Now why did these guys that were digging the foundation pour over two foot of concrete to the foundation of the outside walls. Because they did not want issues when they started building. The right foundation, and now we got the right foundation is Jesus Christ. Our focus is Jesus Christ. Everything we do is about Jesus Christ. Then we take the focus off of what color brick or what color carpet or... You know, this group gets to go skating and this group didn't get to go nowhere. I'm just waiting to hear that remark. Let's get the focus back on what's important. And we have been chosen in this time frame, in this dash of God's timeline, we've been chosen to continue to build the building that He's created. We have got to focus where we're not so carnal we're all guilty of being carnal. But guess what? You you can't sin a sin to get kicked out of what Jesus... Once Jesus calls you, and once you receive the calling, God's patient with you. But He's calling us as individuals to come together and to form a foundation, to form a wall, to build upon that foundation for us to be one mind, one accord, one body, one group of believers work in the same way. And as Paul goes through, he's saying, look, here's a, here, here, check yourself. We're closing, I promise, I promise. Envy, strife, division. Car, carnal, carnalism, carnality is like cancer. There's multiple forms of cancer. Leukemia, uh, lymphoma, Hodgkin's, Hodgkin's, 
Sickle cell. You see, cancer attacks multiple organs in different ways. And that's why Paul's saying, hey, being carnal creates a disease inside you and it may show up in different areas of your life and do different things. So this is why we need to pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to the carnal, the, the carnal side of me, the fleshly side of me. Help me to be more spiritual. Pray, God, that I'm not being broke, I'm being bent. God's shaping and forming us in what He'd have us to be. Let's pray. Lord, we love You. We praise You. God, we thank You so much for this church. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, the freedom we have to preach Your Word. Lord, we pray that, that we'll let this Word sink inside of us. God, that we get rid of our opinion, our philosophy of this world. And God, we let the Holy Spirit indwell us, fill us, that it overflows. And Lord, the stuff that's running out of us, Lord, could be life-giving water in a dry world. Help us, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. You're going to get up there. Here's the next preacher. He's already taking the stage.